Good morning, good afternoon, however you're listening to this uh, and whatever time you're listening to it. Thank you so much for listening. It is the Art and Span Show, live on Q106FM.com, a new podcast that Span and I have started started because uh, we're like the definition of a great buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. If, if we... I, I'm waiting for someone in the company to be like, you know what? Let's do film. You You are totally the young rebel... And I'm the like settled, old, wise black man with a family <laughs> and everything. Like we're literally lethal weapon. The funny thing is, I have no kids, and you have all the children. Well, yeah, and I'm not Mel Gibson. Like Mel Gibson personally, I don't want to be associated with him at all. Mel Gibson is something else. <laughs> I mean, they've kind of resurrected his film and television and everything career, and I think he's about to direct another movie. Which you know just goes to say, if you can make money in Hollywood, like anybody can keep a job. It's yeah. just like. Whoa, Mel Gibson is employed again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to touch on that because that's just like one of those topics where it's like, I want to stay as far away as I can. Yeah, there's not, there's not, there's not really too far. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I, I will say that, uh, you know, this new gym routine, I turned 30 about a month ago. And I realized that I'm just a blubber mess, like mentally and physically. And I was like, I have to do something. And listen, I'm not going to give like a giant motivational speech and you can do it too. Like, no, it was just something that I decided to do because I was sick of, you know, uh, just feeling miserable. But what comes with that is weirdness and an adjustment. And and so here's my schedule. I get up at 420 in the morning. <laughs> Blaze up, sick. Uh, I get up at 420. I go to the gym. Uh, I work out. I come home, I shower, and then I and then I go to work. Um, and everything which was... Which is an hour drive away, by the way. Yes, which, uh, which gets into my rant. I don't want to kick this podcast off being a negative Nancy, but I'm totally going to, and with good reason, because I feel like I'm not the only one that has these feelings. I will say, first off, shout out to all the wonderful men and women that drive semi-trucks for a living. I couldn't imagine no, doing which that. I know several, and several that listen to our station. Right. Now, my question is this. I drive, as you just said, an hour to work every mm -hmm. day. It's like an hour and some change. And Careful now. Careful now. I know. Here's, here's what I will say. Why is it that if a semi-truck is driving behind another semi-truck, they have to go 61 miles an hour and pass at 61 miles an hour and block traffic for an hour <laughs> instead of just staying in your lane and going 60. I witnessed it this morning and I literally almost had a brain aneurysm because of it. Because here, here's the deal. 60 miles an hour on the, I'm dyslexic, so that's the right-hand lane. Yes, stay in your lane. And, and they were coming up to a wait station. So the semi-truck driver literally had to pass at 61 miles an hour and a quarter of a mile away merged over to get into the wait station. So you did it to beat the line and you blocked up traffic for 45 miles. <laughs> literally. And listen, I could never be a semi-truck driver. I, I was talking to uh, our boss yesterday and I said, I have about a two to three hour limit in a car. And then the ADD kicks in and I have to get out. <laughs> but with saying that, why? And and I want the truck drivers to email us. If there's a good reason, then, then I'm stupid and I'm a big dumb idiot. But why do you need to pass a truck going 60 miles an hour at 61 miles an hour? Why? 
I actually, uh, having talked to several truck drivers about this very thing, uh-huh. uh, I've had a few different explanations. Okay. Um, one, um, when you know how you hate driving behind certain people. Yes. Well, they have that same inclination too. The problem is they have this massive vehicle that blocks traffic, <laughs> but that they don't care right. because like they still have their inclinations. Yeah. And then there's two. They know they have a vehicle that blocks traffic. <laughs> Everything about this vehicle blocks traffic. Yeah. The first thing they have to do is get over the idea that they're going to block traffic. That is true. Because if they don't, if they can't get over that, then they can't dock, then they can't park, then they can't load. That's why truck drivers kind of have an edge to them. It's like you, they, they kind of got a rough edge. You don't, yeah. You don't, you don't talk, mess with a no, truck driver. No, man. No. They will stomp you sideways and giggle while they do it. Are you part of a, a truck driver's union? Like, I feel like you're an advocate for truck drivers. And you're opening my mind up to <laughs> understanding why. I guess I get it. If if you're on a time crunch or you have to get to a certain destination, just like my little Ford Focus. Or maybe Focus, you're just annoyed because the guy in front of you is driving like a twerp. That is true. That is true. I need to be more accepting of truck drivers because, listen, <laughs> truck drivers have seen some stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. And truck drivers make sure that everything that you have has gotten somewhere. That is true. Most of the stuff that you have doesn't arrive by Amazon, doesn't arrive by plane, doesn't arrive by car. It arrives by truck. Now I feel bad for even getting And, like, you have opened my eyes up. See, this is why I love doing the show. And and this is why I love talking to you. Because I'm like, I just hate everything. I don't understand. And you're my voice of reason in my head. You're like, calm down, idiot. Here's why. (laughs) And I get it. Now driving, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm that truck driver, but just 10 miles an hour faster. That's it. Yes. And and not carrying a ton yes. of stuff. Yes. You know, like when I think about it, you know, my cousin is a, is a truck driver and he has told me stories mm-hmm. of what he has witnessed on the road. When you drive across the country, you see way more stuff than compared to your little 20 minute commute to work. You see the dark underbelly of road work society. You just... <laughs> I mean, you're you're not going to get the thousand yard stare, but I mean, some of the things that I have been told, some of the things I have seen. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Oh, my Lanta. It's terrifying. It is. Like, I, uh, I, I'm i not going to get too dark in it, but last year I witnessed a car crash that ended up being fatal. And mm. seeing that in real life, like, I don't want to, you know, bring the podcast down at all, but it was absolutely terrifying. It made me realize, like. Man, people really do text and drive, and this is what happens. Like, or hey, people really do just don't pay attention and merge over. So you know what? I, I, I'm almost having a Buddha moment right now, and I want to thank you, and I want to thank all the truck drivers for that. Well, I don't want to get too uh, too <laughs> philosophical, like nerdy philosophical on it. But the number one thing that helps people understand other people's situation is perspective. Yeah. When you walk in another man's shoes mentally and or physically, same for the woman, you see why they make the decisions they make. Now, does that mean you want to sing Kumbaya with them? No. <laughs> a whole lot of them you still want to throw off a cliff. But now, you'll think about it before you do Yeah. So, well, you know? because, you know, I think that, I think it comes back to the whole millennial way of thinking too, which I'm a millennial, but I want to go, 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 and I want to get there, get there, get there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to stop and realize, like, that person's been driving 
from who knows where. They could have come from Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I know that semi-truck drivers have like an hour gap. Like they have to drive so many, so many hours, and then after that, it's cut off. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's ways around it. No, uh, I mean, breaking the law. Yeah. And if you break the law, like it costs. The thing that drives truck drivers the most batty is losing out on money. Because yeah. most drivers now, unless you're owner-operator, are paid by the mile. They're you know, not paid by the hour. They're paid by the mile. Yeah. So it behooves them to maximize the amount of speed that they can get out of their truck. That's why they're passing at 61 miles an hour. They want that extra money. In certain places, trucks tr- trucks can get up to like 80, maybe even 90. They Ooh. avoid that because, I mean, if you have the wrong load, that stuff can get real wickety, rockety, like, and problematic real yeah. quick. But they want to go as fast as the law allows because being pulled over and getting a ticket cuts into your money. So it's knowing that that's the case. Like, when I drive and there's a truck, like, driving all extra slow, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm like, do what you got to do, bro. Because I know you're just trying to work your job like I am. That's true. And I guess, you know, just like you'll see like FedEx or UPS drivers and they drive crazy because they've got a quota. They've got packages that need to be delivered. So we're a truck driver. They've been on that road for seven hours coming up on eight hours. They're just coasting. Yes. You have opened my eyes to a whole another world. You're welcome. Of the truck driver universe. You're, as your 13, 14 year elder, I am glad to impart this wisdom upon your young behind. Pa- Papa Span has just opened my world to a whole new area of. And you know what? The crazy thing is, is again, like truck drivers, they got to deliver everywhere. Yes. Like you're going to some spots to where it's like. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going there. Dude. There's no way. Did you ever hear about that show, Ice Road Truckers? Yes. Have you seen that yes. show? The things that these people <laughs> have to do to stay alive yeah. while they drive yeah. is absolutely bananas. I remember this one dude. It's like the vents on his truck stopped working and he didn't have time to work on them because he was go, 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 maximize the amount of money he could make because this ice road only exists for like two months or whatever. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's like some diamond mine up in the, the, the Arctic and to get from like Alaska there, you got to drive a truck over straight ice. Uh-huh. The problem is... Like these trucks, um, they can't get in the permafrost because they get in the permafrost. It's like almost impossible to get out. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's so cold up there. He had no heat vents, so he had to fix his own pipe into his engine to bring enough heat to keep his feet warm. What? His feet. He's just like, I'll just figure out the rest. <laughs> like, I'll just figure out the rest, man. It's like, I just got to keep my feet warm. He so mavericked I act- it. He had to feel the pedals, though. Because if he can't feel the pedals, wow. yes. And you got to know what you're doing because, I mean, you are attentive. You are watching this road. Yeah, that's not driving 60 miles an hour on 75. No. That's driving like 20 just to get across the Arctic to deliver something that the people I, desperately need. I don't know if they went 20, bro. These dudes are crazy. And there's some chicks, man. I think they were doing like 50 sometimes. And they're driving. I mean, imagine trying to imagine strapping a rocket to your back on some ice skates. There's no and way. And just going for it on there's a winter no day. There's no way. Exactly. But, I mean, these guys are just like, yo, I got to make this money because baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> like, I got college tuition Papa needs to a pay. brand new bag. Yes. Like. Oh, man, don't mess around. So, yeah, I... I feel for truckers. So yeah. I, I got no... Plus, like, think about it. Like, I knew a kid once. Uh, actually, he was my boss. And he was an awful boss. Definitely deserving of several punches. But I worked <laughs> with him. And 
he had been raised by two truckers. Mm -hmm. That is to say, once he hit like 13, he was essentially on his own. Wow. For days. What? On days. Okay. Now, this kid was smart. He got himself to University of Michigan. Uh-huh. But, like, his parents would routinely be gone for four to five days at a clip. Wait, so, so not just, like just like, hey, it's nighttime. I got to go to my job. It's like, hey, I'll be back in a couple days. Yes. And what? his mom and dad didn't ride in the same truck. So that was comforting. So, like, one would come back and one would come back and check on and make sure everything's going well. But he had to learn how to make his own food. He had to learn how to make his bed. He had to learn how to maintain a household. And like, then go to school, too. And then take his butt to school, too. And, and And still, I mean, that right there is a character training that I don't know. I mean, I'd like to assume I have the will for, mm-hmm. but I don't. And yet still, I want to punch the hell out this dude today still. <laughs> and his handwriting was crappy. He was one of them dudes who held the pencil with his whole hand. That's me. And he, he would write with his whole hand. And I was like, now I respect where he came from. You know, I expect I respect the life that he lived. He yeah. lived. But like... He was still a crappy boss and a bad person. But he had a rough life. Oh, my God. Do you think that that might have been from, like, a rough upbringing of, like, mom and dad weren't around and it's like you're on your own? Maybe. I mean, if we're talking nature versus nurture, we don't go down (laughs) that road, man. There's a whole lot of awful people I know who had great parents. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of awesome kids who came from just the dirt of society. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's nature versus nurture, the choices you make, the environment, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The dude. Had it had it had I mean his he had everything he needed right like I mean parents two truckers man and they don't have house expenses too deep because they're not living there the whole time burning up right. resources I just imagine him like on a mattress on the floor Probably. and like checks mix and yes. it's like that's how you're surviving dude I, if I was <sighs> I'd be s'mores for dinner every day <laughs> every day in conclusion semi truck drivers and the people that they raise are badasses. Like it, every day. This, this just completely changed my world. Like now, honestly, the next time that I drive, I'm be like, I'm not messing with that truck there driver. You go. They've seen some well, stuff. Well, you can't mess with that truck anyway. It'll <laughs> pancake your car in a second. We drive Ford Focus. It's like right? we drive little contacts. It'll flatten your business like an Abrams tank. <laughs> that mug will be a pancake with a little pink center named Art. Yep. We drive little gerbil cars. <laughs> All right, and Span, I wanted to get your take on this. I'm reading a story right now. Brian May, in a recent interview, said that Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously one of the biggest movies, biopics from one of the biggest legacy, legendary bands of all time, Queen. Brian May said that uh, he had an accountant in the other day. They haven't earned a penny from that movie. Not a single penny. One of the biggest movies and he said in here how successful does a movie have to be before you make money there's so many people that people don't realize will take pieces off the top but not feeling of it so great the fact that it's out there and i think freddie comes out with it you know with his dignity but without having been whitewashed in any way like it's just crazy i mean when you think of queen and 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 you and i discussed this earlier Obviously, one of the biggest bands of all time. Yes. By far. far. And obviously, they've made their fair share of millions. Yes. But still, just because you're making millions doesn't mean that you're not deserving of money that should be coming into you. I mean, they literally did a movie about your life, and you get nothing from it. Yeah, if I... if if. 
if the work of my hands yields something that people can enjoy in perpetuity, I would like to be compensated in perpetuity. Yeah. The idea that you would make a movie about my life and my estate, whether if I'm dead, gets nothing. Yeah. My band members get nothing. I'm like, that's kind of an indictment of the whole industry, yo. Yeah. Like, how do you make a movie that involves me and I don't make any money from it? Yeah. It's kind of like how Facebook uses all our information and stuff. Right. But compensates us not at all. Yeah. While they make money in triplicate off of the information you provide them versus like having the app or through having the app on your phone, using it, talking to people, liking things. Yeah. They track all of that information. But I mean, a movie? Right. Like this movie made like two, three hundred million dollars. Yeah. And it costs like 94 cents to make. <laughs> so it's like, how on earth do you not have cash yeah. to put in people's hands? Like how is it? Have you heard of the shaky Hollywood accounting? No. Okay. It was a it was a brilliant accounting maneuver that was developed in the early days of Hollywood. The idea that the cost of the movie would be set against the profits to always show a negative balance. So you didn't have to pay as many taxes. For instance, wow. your movie makes like fifty bucks at the box office, right? Yeah. And everyone knows it costs you ten bucks to to make the movie. Mm-hmm. You say, well, it did cost me $40 to market the movie. And everyone's like, well, I mean, uh, it didn't cost that much. They're like, hey, man, all I know is I don't have any money. And I put in all that work. But I want to make another one real soon. It's so shady. Yes. Like, when you think yes. of, like, someone like Brian May. Yes. Who arguably top five guitarists of all time and yes. one of the top five bands of all time, making one of the top three Greatest songs of all time, and I'll put that up against Stairway to Heaven and Freebird and Bohemian Rhapsody. Those combined are such legacy, you know, slower, almost ballad songs that you hear them and you hear one note and boom, you know. And the fact that decades after making that, they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to make a movie about you, you and Freddie and the rest of the band, and it's going to be great. And I mean, it was great. Number one box office slam. And then you're like. All right. Hey, guys, it's been like a couple months, almost a year now. I was just wondering, you know, my pockets are kind of empty. <laughs> like Brian May, the mo- that's it. You insulted a genius. <laughs> see, here, here's where here's where Brian May kind of makes out, because on a biopic that's this popular and Remy Malik won the Oscar for the for playing Freddie Mercury, I believe. So all the popularity brings new attention to the catalog. Yeah. So you sell more singles, you sell more albums. So. They probably made a pretty penny due to that. Right. But, like, still, their likeness being used in film, I'm like, how on earth? Like, there's some piece of paper somewhere that they sign. Oh, yeah. That is being used against them in this case. And I I, I am 100% confident that a lawyer sitting down with Brian May, and like, here's how we're going to put the screws in their temple. Here's how we're going to put the screws in their elbow. This yeah. is how we're going to put the screws in their kneecaps, and we're going to make sure that they give us every bit of change that they can. Well, it says right here, Brian May said that it was a long labor of love about 12 years in development to make Bohemian Rhapsody the movie. Uh, He said, we thought it would do well in the end. Uh, We felt good about it, but we didn't realize it would do that well. It's incredible around the world. It's like a billion dollar movie. Uh, he said, "I had the laugh. Or I had to laugh the other day because there's a thing in the paper saying we were getting rich off of this movie. If only they knew. Now it's known that Bohemian Rhapsody is the highest grossing music biopic of all time. It is really. Wow. But you, but you got to think too. If that's uh, happening to Brian May, 
What is happening to like the up and coming? And you know, we see it all the time in the music industry, but it just sucks. You see these bands that are coming up, they sign the 360 deals. That happens a lot in in the hip hop and, and, and rap world, especially. But it's just like, if this could happen to Brian May, it's just crazy. And, and you know what? I hate I hate when people say, like, well, he's made his millions. Shut up. It's like, no, you're spo- you did the work, okay? Yes. You gave them valuable information about, you know, Freddie Mercury and the band and how mm-hmm. it came up. And they took it and said, hey, thanks. We'll see you in, <laughs> in see, a couple years. Have that dude ask him, hey, man, you like your pension? Yeah. Right. What if we cut 20% off because, you know, we don't think your work's that valuable anymore. Yeah. What, you going to say that? <laughs> you going to say you should deserve that 20% right. off on your pension? Like, man, the work of your hands, especially here in America, has a value. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's about your social and uh, lawful leverage that allows you to capitalize on that on that capital. But yeah. Um the idea that this I mean 12 years in the making 12 and they years. made no money and it on made it? a billion dollars. See, and I don't understand like where is that where is okay, you heard the story of Rodriguez, right? Rodriguez. Rodriguez is this guy who's kind of like a Bob Dylan-esque like uh uh hippie like they call it americana now but folk singer okay. in the 60s and 70s he made two albums everybody loved him like the critics thought that it was amazing blah 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 blah. he made no money they went nowhere he got his phd in philosophy from the university of michigan started building houses for for nonprofits. didn't make any money much just lived his life doing his thing didn't really play much music in south africa 20 years later Somebody gets a hold of one of his songs. They love it. It gets on the radio, blows up. It's a hit. Albums are selling out of stores. Eventually, people find out he's still alive. They're like, wait a second. (laughs) Rodriguez is still alive? So they they go and they get him. And he shows up. He's thinking he's going to play a club. He realizes he's playing an arena. Like when he pulls up, they're like, oh, yeah. You're going to play this arena. And he's like, oh, okay. So he gets up on stage. He's like, Hello, everyone. Ah! Yeah. And so he does his thing. He plays his set, and he's like, oh, okay, cool. Since then, he's been touring. Now, I think he's still alive. He is in his six, late 60s, early 70s, or however it is. Uh-huh. But, like, he's been touring, making money, having an even better life for himself, I'd like to assume. Yeah. Not that money buys everything, but, you know, it's nice to know you're being recognized for the music. Yeah. Like, I know six, seven years ago, he sold out an 1,100-seater in, like, an hour. So it was like... Dude's wow. music has since But isn't come it forth. isn't it crazy that that something like that could could be hold up. brought I, back up? Yes, but that's where I'm getting to the point. Yeah. He made no money off of all those albums that got sold in South Africa. Yeah. Not a penny. All Man. his money was made from the touring. Somewhere on some piece of paper, some lawyer had it that he couldn't make any money any more money. And see, that's what's funny. Somebody had the wherewithal to produce those CDs out there. Right. Because they weren't pirating, they were buying his records. So who was getting paid? That's a good question. If he wasn't, who was getting that, paid? And you know what? They don't seem to have an answer to that question. Uh, I Google that stuff. I can't find a name. Me, which means they're hiding because that right. money went somewhere. Yeah. Somebody got a real somebody woke up to their account with six extra zeros and was like, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll keep it. It's just crazy that like in all places, South Africa blew up. Yeah. Like you you see a lot of acts that uh that 
are somewhat of an, uh, you know, kind of a big deal in America, but overseas. You know who? David Hasselhoff. Yes. He's huge in Germany. Dude, did you know Alyssa <laughs> Milano had a hit album in Japan in no. the 90s? Yes, she did. Really? She had a hit album. Oh, Tracy Bingham. She was a uh, a playmate, a Playboy playmate. Mm-hmm. She sold two million albums in Japan. What? Yes, yes, yes. Maybe we'll blow up in like... New Zealand or something, or maybe knows, like, man. and and we could just move there and take the podcast there. I mean, we're at episode one, so we should probably do baby steps. I don't know if I'm. I mean, correct. I could I'm, take all my seventeen kids. Well, is span you? You just come aboard. I'm not riding on the same plane. Yeah, bro. come on. You. I'm not right. riding. I'm not changing no diapers. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sh- letting a kid. I'm not trying to blow a kid's nose. Which reminds me, I was hanging out with a girl I know's kid. Um, and like the kid had like the bubbles, the nostril oh. bubbles. So I tried to blow his nose. No. Like I just get out now. Okay, blow. Just you know, being like the paternal, it's supportive. Like, yeah. You know, as soon as he hit that first blow, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> my wife. About it. Oh, it's coming back up. Stop. You're gonna about make it. me sick. Oh my god. You're gonna make me sick. Seriously. I can't don't. even think about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, shouldn't you be over this? No. I have 37 kids. No, my wife literally, I feel like I'm in a big daddy situation to where, you know, Adam Sandler, he would always like hurt himself to make the kid laugh. Yes. That's how it is with my wife. And like literally, <laughs> oh my God. She has this thing called, we call it the nose sucker. And it's a little piece that she puts in her mouth like a straw. And then it, it's got a little tube and it connects to the baby's nose. And it sucks the booger. Okay, 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 okay. But okay. Let, let me just say, let All me right. just say, All right. if you want to see my wife laugh, have her do that in front of me because I'm just like you. Gag reflexes come in. I, I threw up the other night and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, my misery is your laughter. So thank right. you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm getting sick just thinking about it now. Right, right. Next topic. Uh, yeah. Next so topic. Uh, I was reading this story and. I think we're going to have different opinions on this. I'm automatically just assuming, just based off of our personalities, that we're going to have different opinions about this. But uh, it it was posted online that companies are starting to implant RFID chips, and it's radio frequency identification tags. And they they use it on animals, actually, on pets. So you can track your pet, and, you know, if it gets lost, they scan, and they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is... We have them in our credit cards, too. Yeah. So the new thing is, for certain companies... Is so like, hey, instead of carrying around a little, you know, access card, why don't you just put it right by your thumb or right in your wrist and you you move your hand up by the door and it unlocks. And to me, that's genius. I would do that in a heartbeat just off of convenience. But I feel like you are the exact opposite. You have such a life of like, I don't need anybody knowing where I'm going. I don't need anybody knowing what I'm doing. And I am for sure not putting a chip in my body for anybody. Well, you have made your assumption, and I would have to say that you are 100% correct. <laughs> I, well, I also, I went to a Christian high school, right? Okay. And I was fairly, I was, well, not was, I'm still religious. I'm just not as expressive in piety. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how I look at it. Piety is the expression of your religious principles. That's a big word. I think, well, you're welcome. That's why I defined it. Thank but, you. But that's, I think a lot of people use their piety as a crutch to kind of beat people over the head with it. Okay. So I kind of use it as just a dictum for life. And if your, if your life trails is, if you're, okay, 
Never mind the religion. I, I, I it's a forty-five minute discussion. Oh yeah, I was head, I was heading right to that cliff, about to jump off. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Scale back, bro. Scale back, bro. So the whole point is, in the Bible, there's the idea of the mark of the beast. Okay. And it used to be the idea that like, the mark of the beast is in your hand. As so, I think it's in Revelation, the Bible, and the idea was that American money was going to be the mark of the beast. Is this some Illuminati stuff? Yes, but it's in the Bible. Like, and a lot of <laughs> Illuminati stuff comes from, like, the end time stuff talked about in the Bible. Okay. There's, like, there's Revelations. There's, like, I think one of the three Johns does a lot of that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, the whole story behind Revelation is this guy, I believe his name is John. He was a friend of Jesus. And because he was a friend of Jesus, after Jesus came back, he said, yo, John, let me show you some end time stuff. Tell the people about it. He's like, wait, just me? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Uh-huh. So he got to see what the end time's like. And I mean, so, I mean, that's if I remember correctly. But the whole point of the Mark of the Beast is, like, eventually there will be this idea, you know it's end times mm-hmm. when people are putting the mark of the beast willingly in their hands. So the idea that you, I mean, it's one thing to have money <laughs> in your hand. It's another thing to have an ARFID chip in your pocket in your credit card <laughs> yeah. or in our uh, badge IDs. Yeah. That's fine. There's an entirely <laughs> other thing to putting that thing in my body. Yeah. Because you know the FBI is going <laughs> to is going to track that mess. You know somebody's going to use it in some nefarious it, way. But for convenience. I mean, how many times have I left my wallet at home or in my car, which don't break into my car. I don't have any money. But if I had the little chip in here, I could just boop boop, and I just get right in. And then it tells, like with the with the cards, people may not know this, but with the RFID cards, like you know, here's your access badge to get into work and stuff. You know, a lot of big companies use them. Uh, it also tells the employer when you're coming to work, yes, and when you're checking in, yes, and how long you're staying, yes, and when you walk out, and when you go to lunch, yes. So it's a very Good tool to keep your employees in check, but it's also convenient. I would totally do it. I would totally listen. I get lost all the time. Like, I'll be driving, and even with Google Maps, it'll be like, turn around, idiot. Turn around, idiot. I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep going. So if I had an RFID chip and it told everybody where I was at, I would never be lost. Man, I don't have enough (laughs) breath in my lungs for the length of the no I want to say to this. Okay? That is absolutely insane. What if there was like an incentive? What if the company that you worked for was like, hey, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars to be like a guinea pig and be like a, a, you know, a test subject to see how well these RFID chips work. And we'll uh, buy you lunch a couple times. How big are we talking? Okay, let's say... Anything less than seven figures, stop talking. Are you serious? Hell yeah, and here's why. Hang on, seven figures is... It's a billion. Oh, okay. Is Actually, it? no. It's, it's a million. Seven, no. Seven zero, <laughs> six zeros is a hundred thousand. So seven zeros is a, seven zeros a million? I don't know. It's a lot of money. We're That's in, all I remember. We're in radio for a reason. Man, we need to go back to fourth grade arithmetic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the idea that I would have all, like, just thinking about it just get, sends a chill up my, down my spine. Like, really? I don't, look. I know corporate's watching me. I know corporate wants to know where I am. That's and I'm not talking about my job necessarily. I'm talking about every business wants to know. Yeah. Like discount cards, 
That's what they're there for. They want to know when you were there, how much you bought, like what. And they look at that information. To t- but like you're talking to a dude who won't have an Amazon Alexa in his house. And I think the Amazon Alexa <laughs> is a nifty thing. The problem is I don't want nobody listening to the nasty stuff I say in the course of a day. And I'm not even saying nasty as in like dirty or inappropriate. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, maybe I'm just letting loose with some free gas. I don't want them trucking <laughs> when I'm letting loose. You know, I don't want them to have like some truck. Just like okay, we know he passes air about uh, about three four times a day. T- typically around it, so we assume he's eating something high carb, maybe with a lot of fiber. So maybe if we send him some flax seeds at, in Amazon, he will buy more flax seeds. Like I don't want to be tracked. You know what's crazy is that uh, my friend uh, has an Amazon Echo, and I think that they're great. I think the convenience of technology now is something that we're reaching a turning point. Yes, to where it's getting to a turning point of like almost uncomfortableness. Yeah. Yes. Because it's like, okay, this is a total invasion of privacy. But yes. my friend has literally had her little Amazon Echo in the corner. She's with her family, hanging out, and all of a sudden the Amazon Echo goes, ha, 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 and laughs. Like, that that's the devil. Okay. That is the devil coming through that speaker. I heard that that happens. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't need that as incentive to not get one. Yeah. But, like, that was certainly, like... Yeah, I hope you feel better about yourself. <laughs> like, I'm, wait, see, and this is this is the this is the other thing the heck out of me about this. Okay, if you buy an Amazon Echo, you're giving money to Amazon, who is then using it to track information on you. Yeah, like aside from having Wi-Fi, there's no added expense to using the Amazon Echo. Like, there's things you can do. Like, you can pay for like access to all the music in the world for like an extra ten, fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, it up. So that's pretty sweet. But like. Aside from that, once you have the Amazon Echo, you plug it into the wall and you hook it up to Wi-Fi, it basically Googles things for you and talks to you and gives you information to the things you already have access to. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's collecting information on you. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why I don't buy T-shirts for brands. Why would I buy your T-shirt so I could wear your brand? So why am I buying an Echo so you can track my information? See, to me, it's convenience. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how Alex Jonesy are you? You're at about a six you're at about a six you're you're as far as like the government's out to get us and everyone's out to watch. like i understand your aspect of it but to me it's convenience like if i could say okay google and google comes on it's like hey i'm google how can i help you and i'm like where's the nearest restaurant at and it tells me and it's also tracking my location through every move and seeing how much i'm spending on it i'm okay with that and that's how civilizations die <laughs> That's how it all goes down. That's how it goes down. That's that's how it's like, all right, well, you know, you give us an inch and we're going to take a mile, your house, and all of your information. I think it was Thomas Jefferson (laughs) who said it. I could be wrong. But he said, those who would give up a little bit of freedom for a little bit more liberty lose both and deserve neither. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and I was like, and it might might not be Thomas Jefferson. It might be uh, Patrick Henry. I can't remember exactly. But it's the idea. It's like, if you're willing to give up some of who you are, to receive a benefit that makes you feel better about the life and the existence that you lead. Yep, that's me. <laughs> maybe, maybe you don't deserve to have the comforts you've come afforded. You know to what's yourself. you know what's crazy though is uh, a lot of these stores want you to use their apps inside the store. Uh huh. And you know what's even crazier about it is while you're using that app. That location is tracking what aisles you're going down. Yes. And then it's also sending you suggestions yes. based on the eye. Like it learns you. Yeah, and they're tracking how long you pause too. Right. What catches your eye. It's just crazy. Yes. Like it's stuff that I think we know 60% of what's going on. 
And I think the other part, and I'm not trying to get all government conspiracy, like, hey, we're turning all the frogs gay. Like, nothing, I'm not trying to go too far down the Alex Jones road because he's a nut job. Um, but I feel like we're getting to a point to where pretty soon, like, people aren't going to go out. Like, it's just going to, you know, you have Amazon that delivers everything right to your house. You've got Hulu that, where you could watch shows and stuff. Like, you don't need to leave. You don't like everyone's going to be my 700 pound life. Give it a couple years. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. Like, listen, it's all about convenience. Like if I got to gain a couple hundred pounds, but stuff gets delivered to me and I don't even have to leave the house. I'm cool with that. I totally disagree with you. <laughs> no, And here's why. What's going to happen is we're just going to find more convenient ways to have exercise. Like yeah. I've already noticed now, like I, I don't like that kids aren't out more. Like when I was a kid, you know, I was roaming the neighborhood. I was getting into the mix. I was like playing basketball over one kid's house, yeah. playing baseball at the uh, the diamond around the corner. Now that diamond is like a fenced off yard right. house that bought that property from the elementary school. And like, there's just not the same access to outdoor activities that kids have, but we have the ability to commune easier and more rapidly than ever so you can make play dates with other kids yeah. where parents can rotate in you can give your kids to a parent who will take your kids to the park like we have the means now to put ourselves in a position to be outside doing things with other people faster and easier than ever that is true so so although i dislike how convenient everything is the thing that's afforded me a whole lot of uh uh, positivity about all this technology because you know the naysayers man as soon as cell phones came out with as soon as they had texting on computers like, well people are not gonna leave their homes <laughs> their computers are not gonna talk to people they're just gonna it's like no that's not how we work man we need the energy of other human beings around us yes like no matter what we do or what we say even the most hermetic dude chilling on a mountain by himself still kind of relishes when someone climbs that mountain to ask his guru behind a you question. You think so? Yes. I yes. don't know. Because because no matter how much you say you don't need mankind, mm -hmm. we're not designed to be apart from each other, which is why solitary confinement in prison yeah. is one of the most egregious punishments ever. That is true. You have no yeah. interaction. You can't talk to anybody but yourself. And that's why people go crazy in there. <laughs> We're literally not designed to be apart from each other. You know, I used to think that I could live off the grid and that I didn't need a phone or social media or any of these apps that track my locations 24-7. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, I thought to myself, I, I literally did the mountain. I want to be a mountain man and I want to just be <laughs> off the grid and by myself. Right. So I deleted all of my social media. <laughs> that lasted... <laughs> Three days. I'm surprised it got that far. I lasted three days. Were you twitching after eight oh minutes? Oh, my gosh. Like, it, like I could sit here and say all day, like, I don't need anybody. I'm going to go live in the mountains by myself and kill bear. Nah, man. <laughs> no. no. I'll let the government track me, and I'll let the, the apps track my location. As long as I can check my Facebook feed and see what's going on with my Pokemon Go. I'm okay. Track me all you want. <laughs> and you know what? Society needs you just as much as they need me. Yeah. Like, they, they you are for progress. I'm for, hold up. Slow yeah. down. Like, <laughs> like, and these two things are what makes society work when, you know, people decide to keep working together and not work against each other. And right. Design. So it's like, like, I have no problem whatsoever with your choice to do that. I'm not going to be out here like, oh, how could you possibly let Amazon Alexa into your home? <laughs> like, it's like, yo, that's for you, baby. That's for you. Yeah. Like, for me, though, no. So no RFID tags no, for you, you ever. You, you, mm, nah. Unless it was seven figures. Man. Oh, 
You're an expensive buy. Seven figures is where we begin the negotiation. Oh, jeez. And it will be a negotiation. Listen, you with buy, my lawyer. You get me free dinner, and you tell me that it will make my life a little bit easier. You could track me Stop for as lying. long. You don't even need dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take me out and just tell me how special I am, and you could track me for as long as you. I'm want. surprised you don't have a segue to get you from the car to the to your. <laughs> To your office, I've got man. one of those hoverboards. I'm a pro on those hoverboards. I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot touch me on one of those. That wraps up this episode of the Art and Span Show. Uh, make sure that you put it in your, uh, what is the uh, the RSS feed? RSS feed. There yes. you go. Make sure that you do that and uh, put it into your Stitcher, your Apple iTunes, or whatever you do. And that way you can track our every location and know when we're going to upload the next podcast. Uh, right now, we're, we've sort of agreed for uh, two days a week. Like, yes. we're going to do two days a week. Um, and I Obviously, we're you know getting the social medias up and everything like that. So make sure that you like and follow and all that stuff. And release dates may be asymmetrical and kind of unpredictable from the start, but I mean we're starting something. That's yeah. how things are. Stops and starts, you know, as we figure stuff out. Well, and we screwed up the first episode so bad that we're just not going to publish it. So this is technically the first episode. <laughs> so we're this is the first one, and then we'll be back next week with two episodes, and yep. we'll do two episodes a yep. week. So thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, make sure that you subscribe. Thank you.